Welcome to PopX Cast, where science fiction meets pop culture. We're the podcast that covers everything pop culture and beyond the multiverse. Are you ready to get your geek on? Crank up the DeLorean, warm up the proton packs, toss a coin to your Witcher, and deep dive into your favorite plate of chimichangas. This is PopX Cast. Listening to Pop X Cast, where science fiction meets pop culture. Here we go! Pop X Cast. I was born in it, molded by it. Pop X Cast. What's up, everybody? Team PopX is here. Oh my gosh, this is episode 125 on June 27th, 2021. What's up, Team PopX? How you guys doing tonight? Doing good. What's up? Oh my gosh, look at Austin in his new crib here. I'm, I'm not used to this. Yeah, oh it's, my. It's, I'm still getting used to it. Now, this is this is the temporary set, this right? Is this is temporary, just- okay. You know, for the meantime, all of it's being constructed. If you okay. hear construction okay. noises back there, oh, but, okay. Let me in, tell you, it's you got Builder I'm Bob good. back there working on the old thing there. Huh? I do, okay. aka my wife. <laughs> can he fix it? <laughs> yes, she no, can. she can't. Nope. <laughs> oh my, dude, you're you're in the you're in the doghouse now. You know that, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. not tell her. No one tells no, her. No, said, no. So. <laughs> yeah, out there in Pop X, you better not let his wife know this. Okay, you heard it here first. No, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> That's cool. Though. I'm so happy for you, man, and your new digs and just everything that you've got going on. I know before the show we were just talking about your new space and. You've got some new lighting and some new shelving for your Funko Pop figures, and you, you got to be excited, man! And you I hit ninety thousand. Oh my god! I did. I did. It's like what? all these things yes. happening at once, and maybe maybe we're due for a, a new like rebranding in the future. Like there's just a lot of um, stuff happening this year. There, so. there could be a oh. said brand uh, endeavor in line for Mister Burke. Now, Austin, have you signed off on it? Well, I mean, let me just say, <laughs> if they can get me to 100K, Joe and I may be spicing something up. That's all I'm saying. So well, I mean, I can give them a preview of it right now. Oh, oh. You want to give them a preview? Oh, oh, oh I'm is ready. Is this a do debut? You, do, you want, do you want me to do this? 
Let's do it. Come on, man. Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? All right. Sneaky peek. All right, give me, I'm gonna give him a little sneaky peek here. All right, give me just a second. I got Senior this thing. first. This is Ladies this has never been done before. You guys are getting a first here, so let me just enable a couple things. Let me take us off, and here you, you go. Click the buttons. There you go. Look at that. Well, let me know what you guys think about it. It's a little you. bit of a work in progress there. But, that uh, is freak, Joe. <laughs> let me tell you, this guy is the most talented. There is, there's no one I would rather go to. I have to wait for the you. delay oh, to yeah, see it. Oh, yeah. look at that. There it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. There it is. It's pretty rad. I'm it's not going to so lie. It's shiny. It is shiny. It's like a brand new car. It smells like a I DeLorean, like shiny actually. Things. <laughs> it smells like a DeLorean, and I kind of like it. But anyway, uh, that's what we're working on right now. Uh, <laughs> look at the people in the chat room. <laughs> So still a work in progress, right? Or is this the final deal? It is a little. I got. I got a few more finishing touches on it to make to it. So it might look a little different, I, but it's the concept. It's yeah. it's ninety percent there. I'm it's loving it. Pretty freaking lit up there uh, right now. I love it. it. Yes, it. It, it's got it's got the vintage of the yes. Uh, John Poffenbarger in the chat room is on it. It has got little nuances to a little bit of the the Thundercat logo. Oh, yes. It's got uh, some of the retro, but also too. Can you imagine that on a black T shirt walking around with dude? Oh, come dude, on. come on! I would wear that, and you're my dang cousin. So, um, <laughs> but thank you, man, for letting me design this for you. You know that chrome and retro '80s art is kind of like my thing. So. Yeah. I, I, I know I didn't really give you an ultimatum. I just kind of presented it to you. It's like, if you hit 100 to 100K, yeah, you can have it. Dude, <laughs> are you kidding me? Like, I was, when you approached me, I was just tickled to death. And, and I'm, it, it just got my gears turning in my brain. Like, man, how, how can we just refresh the whole channel now, man? Yeah. You've, like, inspired me to just oh, go dude. all out, man. So dude. we're rocking it. And right we're now. giving That's you plenty amazing. of time for the transition and everything over. So, but uh, anyway, holy cow. We got a great show for you guys. I don't know if you guys have looked at the of what we're getting ready to talk about, but we're going to be talking about Sweet Tooth. We're going to be mm -hmm. touching base on Loki, and we're going to be talking about John Hughes' Breakfast Club coming up oh, on this yeah. show. This is going to be ridiculous. But before we do that, Austin Burke, you got to do the honors. You got to kick us off on the right foot, bro. Well, welcome to <laughs> Pop X. Uh, First time in the new dig saying that. So like it's pretty good. Like uh, where science fiction meets pop culture. I'm Austin Burke, the Appalachian Geek at Heart. And uh, we'd like to welcome everyone joining us live in the PopX.live chat room. You guys can come hang out with us and join the conversation at popxcast.com. Now, if this is your first time tuning into PopX, first 15 minutes or so, we run down the headlines since our last show and we dive deep into all things nostalgic on the retro rewind. Love me some John Hughes. And then at the halfway mm. point, we hit on the show's topic today, topics, which I cannot wait to dive Multiple. into. Uh, Jam-packed, man. It's going to be great. It is going to be a great show. And I am Joseph Burke, Central Florida season comic book nerd and retro enthusiast. Now, myself and Lindsay join uh, a host of others, including, I want to give a shout out really, really quick to Mr. Jeremy Stoltz, hanging out over in the HAPS room right now. He is drawing his nine o'clock drawing right now. This guy has done a drawing for the every day for the past 14 years if i'm not mistaken is that um, right lizzie is uh, some kind of ridiculous days. number he's he's reached almost it's very close to three thousand days in a row three thousand days yeah it's ridiculous it's so a lot of days. long story short he's like drawing right now and and rebroadcasting the audio in his room on haps so everybody oh, in the goodness. chat room right here Oh my God, give Jeremy, G-J-E-R-I-M-Y, give him some love. 
He was yeah. just in here in just just a few moments ago. He's got the red yes. shield icon. You can find him in the right. chat room. Yep. Give him all but, the thumbs uh, up. Give him all the sponsors, all the awards. We love Give him you, all bro. the love. That's yes. right. But having oh said that, we're part of an amazing group, and we do live streams now on HAPS. It's called the Creative Multiverse. You've heard us talk about it. We're now getting some um, ways to really push it into the light of artistic and creativity. And uh, we're doing some pretty cool things a couple of times a week, and we do live streams with multiple artists. Some of them is even here in this chat right now. Shout out to Dev. Sure. What's up, Dev? And uh, But we're, we're, we're having a great time with it, and we're just artists sharing and talking and listening to music and just doing what we love to do best, and that is simply create. And if you want to be a part of that, immediately following tonight's show, 11 o'clock Eastern, so we're live right now at 9 p.m., just in an hour and a half or so, we're going to be over at HAPS on the Creative Multiverse, drawing and doing a post-PopX show hangout. You want to come hang out with us? I'll post the link in the chat room. All righty, Lindsay Badger. All right, guys. Well, um, uh, last week we had a lot of fun breaking down Loki and we did the Retrowind rewinds of the Karate Kid on mm. episode 124. So make sure that you go to our official website, popxcast.com and go check out that replay and all of the other great episodes that are over there. There's a lot of geeky goodness that you can just get lost in for hours. So um, if you like what you see here tonight, please make sure that you are hitting that subscribe button, slamming on that notification bell so you know when we go live next. We already have the next episode scheduled. We do. By the way. Yes. And um, anybody out on that podcast platform, make sure you go give us a five-star glowing review please. and maybe say a couple of nice words pretty, please. Because We, we love would you. love it very much. I love you. Thank you, Lindsay Badger. You're welcome. Guys, let's get into some news. I don't know about you, but we got some crazy stuff we're going to be talking about right here. So don't go anywhere. PopX News coming your way right now. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is PopX News coming to you live right here on PopXCast.com. In true fashion, ladies first, Lindsay Badger. <laughs> all right, well, we're kicking off the news this week with some Sonic the Hedgehog 2 movie updates. Director Jeff Fowler has taken to social media to confirm that the production on the video game movie sequel has officially wrapped. Production on the sequel began back in March, meaning it was completed in just over three months. That wow. is fast, you That guys. is a quick that turnaround. That is super fast. Dang. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is currently set to release on April 8th, 2022 and we'll see star ben schwartz return as the voice of the eponymous hedgehog <laughs> along with james marsden and tom wachowski and of course our dear beloved jim carrey coming back as dr robotnik i cannot wait the first one was fantastic i'm glad they spent the extra time giving it its justice and due um, honors of, of building it and making it the great movie that it came out to be. And um, I hope the second one carries the torch into telling another great story. I couldn't agree more. I mean, the first one blew us all away. I mean, we, we've seen how many of these video game adaptations come to cinema and we we kind of watch it haphazardly. Oh, they're kind of train wreckies. Yeah. Or like yeah. mediocre at you, best. You see Resident Evil and you're like, meh. And then you see all these other ones you're like, yeah. 
And so Mortal Kombat, you know, which kind of the first movie in 94 was. It had some cool parts was, in it, but it know, was still. Yeah, yeah it had meh. good moments, but meh. But this one, got to tell you, man, it was really an eye-opener that a, a, an actual video game franchise can, in fact, be a box office hit blockbuster. And when you have some great talent on board like Jim Carrey, uh, hey, you're going to get some uh, pretty good hits. And I think Jim Carrey, he, he, I think he's rediscovering his stride in his career later in his life. Tales show up in this one, if I remember the end of yeah. the first movie Tales, introduced but, uh, to him. Austin, and what do you think to, about uh, Sonic 2? According to set photos, Knuckles will be in the movie as well. They're apparently stand-ins for both Tails and Knuckles on set. Well, you got to, so, you got to, you, go. you know how he does this in all of his bro, stances. Bro, you know, he's got, uh, yeah. I'm like tickled yeah. to death. And the thing that I love about this is, Joe, you mentioned Jim Carrey. His philosophy is so great. And he said this in an interview. He said, "I wanted to do Sonic because you know I was so popular generations ago." And I want to get in with this new generation. He said, what's the best way to do that? Play this iconic yes. character in a movie for families to where kids can grow up that never knew Jim Carrey. But now they know him as Dr. Robotnik. And man, he has really revitalized his career and maybe set him on a new path. So I, that's my favorite part about this. And I'm he's, psyched for the sequel. I hope it's really good. That's he's awesome. kind of made a habit of doing of. um reinventing himself especially um because you had the wave of the mask in the the pet detective series Mm -hmm. that was like our generation that was the that was generation a that was like the 90s then there was sunshine of the spotless mind and yeah he got into more serious stuff which was not so much which is a great movie by the way completely different side of him which i'm glad he showed that he was a multi a dynamic actor that can do multiple things um which was good for him and yep. then he went back to the more children-aged movies with The Grinch, et cetera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that kind of revitalized him in a new generation. I the couldn't 2000s. agree more. And then now he's tapping back into that again yeah. with the Sonic series. So I think it's a brilliant move career-wise, but it's it also is. just showing his wide range of talents. I, uh, yeah. I couldn't agree more. Agreed. And uh, we could spend all day talking about how much we love Sonic, but we have to move on. We could do a whole episode on that, Jim. You know, (laughs) coming up on the Marvel side of things, Marvel is celebrating X Force's 30th anniversary with a brand new one shot special. Now, if you're going to celebrate the team's big special occasion, who better to have on board than the one person who created them? Thankfully, that's the case, as Rob Liefeld is returning to X Force Saga later this year with a brand new chapter in the X Force called Kill Shot. Now, the new one-shot, it's a one-shot. If you don't know what that means in comic lingo, it's just a one-off, spin-off, one-shot just comic. One it's just a one, one book. book. And so um, the new one-shot will have Cable and the squad pulling together five different teams from across time to lead attack on Strife. And we've got an exclusive first look at it. It's a slick new cover of Liefeld. If you go to Rob Liefeld's Instagram, you can have a nice little gander at that beautiful cover. Mike's mm-hmm. not here tonight, so he's not here to show us that beautiful cover, unfortunately. I'm but the pictures. And if you're wondering where Mike's yeah. at, he's helping his kid move. So there you we go. We miss you, Mike. We, we miss you, you, Mike. But uh, you, Mike. it will hit store shelves this November. If you want to pick it up at your local comic book shop, please do so. I want to say, yes. this news right here, talking about X-Force, and, and it makes me think of kind of where they were going with Deadpool 2 and and the rumored X-Force movie that they had in development. Uh, Joe, what are your thoughts on that ever coming back to light? Because we know that 
Marvel, Disney, they bought Fox and it's kind of dissolved. But, you know, Josh Brolin was cable and he was great as cable. And I don't know why you wouldn't utilize that because he was covered up by the Thanos CGI. So do you think we'll ever get that rumored X-Force movie now that that's part of Disney? Um, I don't know if we'll ever, I don't know if we will ever get that hypothesized development of the film adaptation as it was originally scripted in the hands of Fox. But I do feel that Deadpool 3 has been greenlit and has been greenlit for an R rating already by Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios. Let's go, Feige. Having said that, um, I I foresee Deadpool 3 literally breaking all the cusps of time and being part of the multiverse madness mayhem Mm. arc that's going on because guess what? Deadpool has a time machine in his hand thanks to Cable. (laughs) If you watch Deadpool 2... That's if true. you watch Deadpool 2, he's able to teleport through time, right? Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? He wow. can create variants of himself. And how many variants? Well, we've got Deadpool Gwen. We've got uh, Spider Gwen. Oh, well, not Spider Gwen, but how many versions of Deadpool do we have? There's yeah, like a hundred Deadpools. Multiple? Yeah. So I foresee Deadpool being the comedic relief parody spoof of the whole multiverse thing in about two or three oh. years. I, I see, love that. Um, That's my prediction, at least. I wow. see it not being a movie, but turned into a series similar to how mm. they did with MODOK and put it on Hulu. That's where I see X-Force going. That is kind of, there are, they're, they're more adult That's where I don't think it's going to be, so. I don't think it'll be a movie. I don't think it'll be in theaters. I think it'll um, skip the Disney Plus world because they are trying to keep that a little more. For sure. PG, PG-13 on the higher end, and then um, shifting that over to Hulu yeah, and I think keeping you're, it in that world. I think you're right on there, Lindsay. Mm-hmm. That's actually a really good point. They're either going to put it onto Hulu as a series, mm-hmm. or they're going to just release it cinematically uh, yeah. as an R-rated film and just, you know, do it that way. But or they be- could... I was going to say, could I was, I was put going to put it on I, Disney Plus and keep it in the story arc of the the MCU. It if won't they be on so Disney choose, Plus because that is one foul mouth varmint yeah, right there. Let it's me gonna, tell you, it's it's not going to fit that's, there. That's no point. Yeah. Fit. Austin Burke, you've got the next headline, brother. Well, this one gets me excited because uh, I think I'm watching this movie tomorrow. We'll see what happens. But Black Widow is shaping up to be Scarlett Johansson's final run with Natasha Romanoff, uh, the character which she has been playing since the 2010's Iron Man 2. Now two years since the world saw Natasha die. Spoilers in Endgame. uh, Black Widow (laughs) prequel is aiming to fill in the blanks about Natasha's life in the MCU, and Johansson seems to be truly stepping away from the role. She says... It feels great to leave the party. I love this mm. when it's still raging. And I think this film uh, feels very much like it's alive and fresh and powerful. And I feel really pleased with it. I feel really happy with the work that we've done for this decade of time. And you know, it's bittersweet to say goodbye. But if you love something, you need to set it free. Oh my gosh, that wow. broke my heart, but it seems it, like she's stepping away. It's it exactly what heart, Chris Evans also... said too, you know. Chris Evans mm-hmm. said something very similar to that and so did Robert Downey Jr., Lindsay. Yes. It's it's smart to step away from a role that's that's at its peak instead yeah. of driving it into the ground, which is a lot of times what roles like this that continue to show up in movies, that's what happens. People are like I'm so done. I'm yeah. so over it. And we've we've managed to keep these characters in the interests of the viewers for a decade. Yeah. yeah. 
And we haven't had a full-on origin story reflection of her character. So that it's nice that they're going to wrap it up with a, you know what happened, but here's what happened before that. Okay, mm. we're done now. Mm -hmm. It's a nice full circle closure of that character. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like it's very smart that they're finishing it there. I agreed. Agreed. And uh, with that, Lindsay, you got the la one of the last headlines of the week, and then we're going to do oh, a little bit of trailer gears. discussion. We're still keeping it in the comic talk, but we're going to switch gears over to DC for just a moment. Oh, man, this was so um, good. The Flash movie that we've heard so many things about, we're finally getting some trickles of new information. The set photos are giving fans their first look at Michael Keaton's return as Bruce Wayne, mm -hmm. the final, uh, while the director Andy Muschietti mm -hmm. teased Keaton's Batman costume with his own photo on social media, a new set photo shows Keaton's back as Bruce Wayne reprising his role from the 1989's Batman movie and its sequel, Batman Returns. Keaton will be playing the older Bruce Wayne from an alternative timeline in the film which draws inspiration from DC Comics 2011 Flash-centric timeline rewriting crossover event titled Flash Flashpoint. Oh. Which is something that they they uh, the CW show basically kicked off yeah. season one with. They so, tried to do Flashpoint. Uh, there's a lot yeah. of people familiar with yeah. the Flashpoint storyline, so I think it's smart that they're doing that. Well, I mean, it, I do remember. Uh, I forgive me, uh, Arrowverse Flash fans, but I, <laughs> I I have not caught up on on Flash since season five when the Thinker. I made it about halfway through that season, and then there was just so much overload at that time. If I'm not mistaken, that's when Endgame came out. There was a lot of stuff there was coming a lot out going on. I, there was no way in the world that I could catch up and just be out. Uh, try to maintain any kind of sort of balance and all that because you had arrow going on then you had um, legends of tomorrow it's just like yeah. black lightning and i'm like what is going on yeah. now you've got superman and lois i can't keep up with this but anyway i say all that to say this there was a point in the flash uh, in that world's crazy event that they had where ezra miller did come into the cw verse as his cinematic version of the Flash. And Austin, you said something really interesting before the show. You were saying that in Ezra Miller's movie, this this Flash with Bruce Wayne, Michael Keaton, that we're going to get to see possibly Gus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Expand it, on that a little bit. The rumor is that 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 this version, essentially what they did in the CW, except this will be a bit of an expanded role. So the rumor is he's going to somehow meet that CW universe's Flash in this movie, whether it be halfway or he gets, you know, he runs by that other universe. And uh, Grant Gustin's going to be in this universe, in this movie, in the cinematic film. So it's not only crossing over to Michael Keaton's universe, it's going to cross over to multiple Do you think universes. that they're kind of getting smart at Warner Brothers with everything that Marvel's doing in Disney Plus with you all think? the cross pot? Come on. It took them Don't long enough. Don't kill the things that people it like. Took you th it's been 88 years. If but they're he, smart, if here's what they'll do if they're smart, and if Michael Keaton has a good time, now if he doesn't, okay, see you later. But if he has a good time, you say, Michael Keaton, sir, Will you remain Batman, bring in Terry McGinnis, and do a live-action Batman Beyond movie? Because he's almost at that age to where they could do a Batman Beyond film mm, well, hey, in I think his universe. When you saw the preview of Michael Keaton as has the reprised version of Bruce Wayne, I mean, dude, I mean, it looks like the Batman Beyond Bruce. Does, does yeah, the hairs all fluffed yes. back. And then that car 
what in the heck is that car? It's ridiculous. <laughs> Um, yeah. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, you just need to go over to comicbook.com or one of your yes. uh, one of your news outlets. Uh, we would have the images here tonight, but like I said, we but we're it's amazing. I'm yeah. my lid blown. But um, all of that said, we're coming up on the halfway point, and I do want yeah. to discuss one thing before we move into the retro rewind, and that mm-hmm. is the Shang Chi trailer that dropped this week. We got a we got a second trailer. It just, yeah. just, it's just like, hey, you know, I'll give you a little something before Independence Day. Yeah, a little something before July 4th. <laughs> and, you know, the trailer, for the first time, we saw the rings in action, how the rings are summoned, and then they go down on the, to the forearm, and they, they charge up the person, and they're able to use uh, energy. And we don't know the, the mechanics of its sorcery or wizardry or how the rings work. We don't know what powers them. We don't know if they're made of vibranium or what. But... um the end of that. <laughs> let's let's just jump ahead just to the oh, it's a one minute, two minute, two minute, twenty minute mark. Uh, you see Wang Wong uh, in in a cage match against Abomination from the Incredible Hulk movie of two thousand and eight. What? Wait, what? Yes. Who? Yes. What? Abomination okay. is in Shang Chi trailer, and <laughs> Wong from Doctor Strange is battling Abomination in a cage match. And if yep. you pause a the frame, there's Captain America's shield in the background. Oh. <laughs> What's happening? Sorry. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, can anybody explain to me what is going on and why is Abomination in this movie? Well, and not only that, right? It's a comic accurate because at first I'm like, well, is that Abomination? Because, I mean, it's the same shape, it's the same size, but it's his comic accurate face. He's grown with, out. With the fin ears. He's got the fins, right? Yeah. So how it was a mutation in Incredible Hulk, and he kept growing spikes throughout the movie, he's blossomed yeah. into that comic book version. Of and himself. we know he's confirmed for She-Hulk. So could this movie somehow lead us into a She-Hulk? I, oh, I, boy. I'm feeling <laughs> so. Lindsay, did you see the new Shang-Chi? Shang-Chi I trip? have not, but now I'm going to go watch it five times. Oh, yeah. Well, you five need to watch it three. ten times because it's the Ten Rings. But anyway. Well, and the Mandarin. And the Mandarin's in the trailer, which is the, the, the comic book. The real Mandarin. The Mandarin. The yes. real Mandarin. And then you've got a dragon underwater that looks like Falcor. And so it does but, look like what? Th- yes, there's a but the dragon is actually a protective entity over Shang-Chi and his family. Yes. It, it, it's yes. a long story, but um, we'll we'll get when, into when that. This, when did this trailer come out? Thursday, Wednesday. OK, that Thursday, makes sense. Friday, I was yeah. on vacation. That's yeah, why. it was okay. pretty, pretty recently. But uh, oh, my God, I'm, I'm blown away. Wow. I'm excited. Awesome. I am. This is going to be that sleeper Black Black Panther movie that none of us saw coming that's going to slap us upside the head, dude. That's the first thought I had was Black Panther. Like, really? He's got one hero on his journey. The fights that we get, kind of the the look of it all, kind of even, it's, it's reminiscing Black Panther, just <laughs> the cinematography and all of that stuff. And man, I'm telling you, it looks like it could be a standout. And I think this thing is going to be a box office smash, I especially overseas. Is. Hopefully in the United well, States. It's the, gonna be really exciting. The artistic yeah. direction with all the elements of the tradition of that mm-hmm. that culture with with the sand <laughs> painting and oh, the yeah. lotus. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. Action packed, man. Dude, Action-packed. it's beautiful. 
I like the timing of it because the market isn't saturated with that mm. cultural style of entertainment currently. Because, sure. you know, we go through waves of these. We do. Like, yeah. You know, the the crouching tiger, hidden dragons and whatnot. There, there's like a huge saturation of, of the, uh, the Asian culture right. style movies and shows. And right now we're kind of in a lull where it's like, let's bring this back. Yeah. Perfect timing. It's so, Perfect so cool timing. to watch all of that culture. I, I, I think the media is prime and pumped for that. I, th I think that we're going to be seeing a lot of cool stuff from that. But um, with all of that said, if you haven't seen the Shang-Chi trailer, oh my God. Well, you got to go trailer number two. You make sure you yes. look at number two, nope. um, nope. which was released just this past week. Um, with all mm -hmm. that said, guys, you ready for some retro rewind? Yeah. I didn't hear you. Are you ready for some retro rewind? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what time it is. John Hughes, the man that wrote my childhood. Oh my yeah. gosh, dude. I'm telling you right now, this... This movie, Austin, I'm, I'm not going to put you on the spot. I know this is not scripted, but I want you to open up this discussion. I want to hear from a kid that wasn't raised in the 80s. I want to hear your your interpretation and your overall consensus of this movie before Joe goes in and, and, and exposes the very elements of fiber being <laughs> of his heart. I want you to, 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 to let me know what you thought about The Breakfast Club. Well, it's it's a funny story because, you know, I, I grew up, um, even though it wasn't of my time, I grew up with Ferris Bueller. That was my movie growing mm -hmm. up, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was always the John Hughes film that I would go back to and revisit. Now, The Breakfast Club was one of those that I didn't revisit often, and I only saw it two to three times growing up. But every time I would watch it, I, I would enjoy it and I would have a good time with it. But I didn't really, for some reason, resonate with the characters until I got a bit older and kind of became about that age yes right and then once you're that age and you realize because there are there's a lot more um there's varying emotions with breakfast club where, whereas with ferris bueller you're kind of focused on ferris and it's one it's it's one mentality one personality right yeah it's fast paced and then you just have kind of his friends who are the surrounding characters here you have multiple characters each person is different they're all going through their different thing and they're all trying to deal with high school in a different way and then of course they come together and mesh don't really mold fold in together like you expect but it creates just this thoroughly entertaining john hughes uh quip filled adventure that you know going back and watching it yesterday was was a fantastic time and, you know, as much as I love Ferris Bueller and I prefer Ferris Bueller over this movie, I have to say this is one of his most intricately written scripts, mm. John Hughes, because you're dealing with so much and, and so many things that I think all of us and Joe, I'm sure you'll be able to spell this out more, but all of us can and could relate to, especially those that grew up during that time when things were a lot different then and, and kids and, and teenagers were struggling with different things than teenagers are now in this technology-filled world, right? Right. But I love how memorable each character is. I love how uh, each performance stands out in a different way from Emilio Estevez to uh, Molly Ringwald. To, uh, it's it's all just, it, it's so personal, but the way that he interweaves comedy is, is brilliant, in yes. my opinion. And, and I'd always heard people say... <clears throat> 
well, not everyone, obviously, but a lot of people say that Breakfast Club is better than Ferris Bueller. And mm. even though my nostalgia says I, I, I don't see that, but part of me is like, man, it is just such a well-written script and it fits in perfectly um, with, you know, kids and, and Joe, I can't wait to expand on this, but <laughs> 1985, was it? 1985? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, so 85, it feels like the defining coming of age movie of that year and one of the defining movies of the decade. But John Hughes, man, cranking them out left and right. Yeah. Ferris Bueller, Breakfast. I mean, it's ridiculous how good this guy was. And this is just another John Hughes classic. I could use that word. It's yeah, a classic. It's, it is definitely, it hits you in the feels. And before I expand, I do want to hear Lindsay. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, you done? Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't want to like start diving into no, stuff. No, was still going. Fine. It was like a quiet moment. It's a quiet yeah. moment. Anyways, um, it's been a while since I've seen this movie. Um, I've seen it several times before and and always enjoyed it. Um, interesting thing about Breakfast Club compared to movies we watch today is it all happens in one room. Mm -hmm. There's no special effects. Yeah. The movie entirely re relies on the cast selling their roles, the good writing. Mm -hmm. Um, as you had mentioned before, it's very intricate writing. The the characters are very well fleshed out in in their individual personalities. Different. And yeah. the music, of course, also oh. plays in. But there's not even a ton of music in the first half of the movie. It's not until they start gelling when you yeah. start hearing a lot more of that music. I mean, there's a little bit towards the beginning when they're coming into the school, but most of That's it's That's so strategic quiet. from John Hughes, too, right? You've got to allow them yeah. to get to know each other, and then we start getting yeah. the fun. I, if, I love if that. If you think about it, it's a very low-key movie. Yeah. There's not a lot of um, over-the-top dramatic moments in this movie. All of it's mostly just them in the library having conversations with each other. And it's breaking down stereotypes is essentially the overarching lesson to take away from this movie is you have a representative of each of the generalized cliques of high school. You have your jock, you have your preppy slash cheerleader girl, you have your, your um, bully bad kids kind mm. of personality you have your your brainiac and you have your weird outsider artistic kind of character and they're all forced to be in this room and coexist together and then you have the 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 stereotypical principal that hates his life because he feels <laughs> yeah. like he's stuck and not going anywhere and so he takes yeah. it out on everybody else around him so all of those personalities being mixed together like some weird fruit salad and watching it all come together and 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 they actually get along with each other and, and build relationships. And they're, they're having like kind of like a group therapy mm. is really what I felt like this entire movie was <laughs> of, I assume this about you, but this is not what you, not the truth of what it is, is essentially yeah. what it's, it's just the breakdown of the walls and the barriers and the assumptions of the stereotypes mm. that they are kind of socially put into, but don't necessarily exist in real life. If that makes sense, it makes I, I, sense. I th it's really a, a more of a, a mental thing than like a visual thing to connect with all of those stories. I love your layout on that and how you just literally just like painted that whole picture across the board <laughs> of how that. Yeah, I mean, well done. I mean, yeah, Thank you, you couldn't have said it any better than what I did. And, uh, you know, let me uh, excuse me for a second, because uh, 
be tripping. We're breaking balls yeah. here. Yeah. So, um, Bender, let's talk Bender for a minute. Okay. We all know a guy in our school who was a Bender. Oh, for sure. We all know a Claire. We all know an Allison. We all know an Andrew. And we all know a Brian. And I think that's that resonates because raised up in the 80s, you know, we ne we didn't have a big library like that with like neon around the edges no, and everything like that. That was that I was, think I had that library in college, that, not high school. <laughs> see, that library was actually a film set. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, what? No. But um, it resonates because I kind of I kind of see myself a little bit more. You you can connect whoever's watching this movie at whatever season of life they're in, and yes, this is actually Bender's gloves. Um, whatever mm. whatever season of life that you're in, you can connect with this movie and one of the characters, and there's something that you've done in your life that makes you resonate with that individual and that character, right? Yeah. Um, you know, for me, I, I automatically go to Brian, which is Anthony Michael Hall's uh, character, uh, kind of the the nerdy guy who's who's not. He, he can he can solve math problems all day long, but when it comes to try to make a light with an elephant on it, it's just you know the mechanical, the yeah. actual physical hands on. That's that's his that's his weakness. That's his failure. Um, I, I resonate with this movie so much. The music, just the comedic banter, but also there's a serious tone here that is not you don't see a lot in movies, teen teen movies because teen movies today is just about how how quick you can get in bed with somebody. <laughs> this movie is not about that. I mean, I'm being real. I mean, I'm being yeah. real. I mean, sex is it's king. It's definitely addressing um, serious issues. But scale all of that back. The issues isn't the collection of people. It's the individuals within the group of people. And they have to learn how to live life together. And they have to learn how to coexist with each other for the next eight hours. If not, it's going to be one long ride. <laughs> and yeah. we all know the principle, too. Because we always had a principal that would bust our balls. At least I did. I had one, you know, and he's kind of like, I could look at his face right now, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's the guy from Breakfast Club. But I'm not going to mention any names because I got some people back home in Kentucky that watch this stream, and then they're going to know. It's like, you're talking about so-and-so. But anyway, <laughs> well, <laughs> you, you know how they are in Kentucky, right? But um, it just there's this, there's, there's this underlying tone of no matter where you are and what season of life that you're in, somehow you're going to get through it. It doesn't matter if you've had the abusive father or you have the father that expects you to be the all-star quarterback or you have the parents that want you to get the ride and go to Yale or you have the money. It's not all about that. It's about understanding who you are and where you are at that moment in time and how you're going to get to the next season of your life. It's, a, it's, it's kind of a deep tone. It's kind of very deep very, there. And so... Tones. Uh, scaling all that back for me, I, I have to say, as my dog is honking underneath my my <laughs> my desk here, which was awesome. I hope you guys heard that. I on. can't hear it. Good, um, because it's really crazy sounding. Um, <laughs> dogs do this thing called inverse sneezing, and it's like arf, arf. anyway. But uh, <laughs> it, it, it's it's ridiculous sounding. It sounds like she's farting through her nose. Oh boy! Um, I do that, but I, I do too. Do you, uh, it's a Burke thing. You wouldn't have you wouldn't yeah, have to understand. But um, long story short, the Breakfast Club for me is just a culmination of a lot of things in my life. I, I the music, the sound, the culture, the way of life, 
and, you know, not doing, here's the thing. We do this all the time here today. Oh, oh yeah. Lord, this, is how they, oh. this is how you solve problems today, right? Well, let me just look it up on Wikipedia or let me look it up. On, dude, you didn't do that back in the 80s. You had, to, you had to figure this stuff out on your own. You couldn't yeah. just go up and pull up the World Wide Web and expect to have an answer within five seconds. It's not that easy. Yes. And that's the problem. And so, anyway, long story short, uh, this is probably definitely in my top five all-time 80s films uh, easily just because of just mm -hmm. the tone and understanding each other's situation and the diversity of each one of the characters that are playing here. Uh, with that said, uh, let's go ahead. and Anybody, anything else that we want to add to this? Include. We didn't really give nitpicks or anything. If I, if I had a couple of nitpicks, just comparing it to Ferris Bueller, I, I still think Ferris Bueller is better because I do think this does diverge into that cheese just a little, a little bit, bit yeah. more than I would have hoped, you know, than I would have hoped, and some of those tropes are there. Uh, but that's really my only major nitpick of... of it's, it's probably two or three on my John Hughes filmography. It's, it's definitely up there. For it sure. is. Yeah. He, he, like I said, he wrote our childhood. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Lindsay, it's you amazing. got any nitpicks or any... It's, any... it's kind of difficult to compare the two. I mean, yes, they're both high school movies, but they're such different tones mm. that it's really hard to they compare are. the two of them. Yeah. Uh, I, I really... It, it's it took me by surprise about how engaging it was without having a lot of scene changes or activities yeah. happening other than just i mean you really are just focused in one room the majority of the time except for whenever they sneak out for that one little bit and then yeah. they're all back in there again yeah so um i with what was there i'm actually quite impressed yeah with that, with what yeah. the writing was that yeah. that we need more writing like that today in the movies that we yes. have to deal with yes. with the new yes. movies we need that sure. deep thought movie writing to um you could probably really get some knock out of the park blockbusters to pair up with all of the um, graphics but, and stuff that we have now yeah you know and, and I, you know i can pick it apart i can find a couple of little editing qualms and stuff like that but at yeah. the end of the day, it's not really going to justify my overall view of the, of the film. It's not going to change sure. my score. It's not going to change anything um, per se. And I, I just, um, I, I mean, yeah, I could. But honestly, it, it, it goes to show you the power that John Hughes had as a writer. If he can take five characters and throw them into a library yeah. and literally not scene change, you're the one room, that's it. Yeah, and how can you create in a movie that's going to engage you for an hour and a half in a library? <laughs> I mean, come on, that's ridiculous. That's good writing right there. You got to acknowledge John Hughes' chops for just what he's able to do. With that said, we're going to give our official rating, and we're going to move over into Sweet Tooth. Austin Burke and Lindsay Badger, you guys are leading the charge. What's your scores? Uh. My score is an uh, an eighty six. I, nice. I think it's um it's a wonderful movie, and uh, every time I watch it, I feel like I go up a couple percentages. So eighty six for me. Very cool. Love it. I was that's an eight point five, so that's really close. Wow. Yeah. yeah. There you go. There you I'm go. an I'm nice. an I'm an eighty eight. Nice. Yes. Very I'm good scores all across. So eight point wow. five. Uh, what have we got? Uh, eight point eight six, and then eighty eight. Uh, man, I'm telling you, as you can see, we're literally within one point of each other on our scores, so that is phenomenal. Yeah. John Hughes, man, I tell you, gone way too soon. If you yeah. can imagine if that dude was still alive today, what he would be writing. Yes. Wow. 
Yeah. If you haven't had a chance to watch it, I highly recommend it. It's it's a very well done movie. Yep. Yeah. Uh, John Poffenbarger, eight out of ten. We got Mike over mm-hmm. here at the eighty five. Nice. And uh, hey, yeah, show your scores in the bottom, guys. So please do so. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to graduate over into Sweet Tooth over the Netflix, and we're also going to roll the spoiler alert warning. If you've not watched Sweet Tooth, well, you have been warned. We'll be right back. Danger, danger. You are about to enter a pop-up spoiler alert. Beyond this point, there is no return. You have been warned. You have been warned, and we are talking Sweet Tooth on this week's actual Popex cast. Now, Sweet Tooth is a a sort of a cinematic live-action adaptation, if you will, of a DC Comics storyline. Uh, very interesting DC Comics storyline as well, but I do feel that the, the Netflix show, it really broke a lot of boundaries. It really broke down a lot of things that that we all preconceive it can be done in a series, but has not necessarily been done yet in a series. Um, it's just phenomenal. And, um, you know, just just the overall fleshing out of the characters and how much time we spent with Gus, who is the main lead character, the little boy with the, the deer antlers. Um, you, I, The one thing I love about this, and it just drew me in from the first episode, it's almost as if Steven Spielberg himself was writing this story mm. as, mm-hmm. you know how Spielberg always wrote the story through the eyes of a child, like yeah. E.T., and et cetera? It kind of felt like that. And it felt like we were experiencing this world, that this post-apocalyptic world where this virus, the sick, as they mm. call it, is is claiming the lives, and they're, they're trying to scavenge around the entire world to find a cure for this virus, this contagion. And in the middle of all of this, some of the newborn babies are coming out with animal-like characteristics, and they don't know why. And it's just, it's mind-boggling. But the first few episodes on how we watch Gus transcend from his his dad to the little cabin in the woods and just, yeah. you know, it almost reminds me of the, of, the, of the movie Nemo, you know, how his father yes. says, we go in yeah. and we come back. Oh, wow. We go mm-hmm. in, we come back. <laughs> it was very, but you never, yes. Don't go That's to the edge. Don't comparison. go to the wall. Don't go to the deep. Come yeah. back. And yeah. it's almost like that. You know, Gus can't go to the fence. Don't yeah. go to the yeah. fence. Come back. And I, I, I was really getting like Nemo vibes from that. And that's you know, a good yeah. thing. That's a really good thing. It's so funny you say that. It's um like when he takes that one step across the yes. fence line. It's yes. like, the, yeah. I touched the butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what it felt like. So, That's good. Yes, so Sweet Tooth was created by Jeff Lemire, and so Jeff is an, a brilliant author and illustrator uh, working at DC Comics. And so, just to give you a little backstory, this this series came from DC way back in the day. We're talking probably around oh nine, oh eight, oh nine is when the first issue, issues of Sweet Tooth started coming out on the market. So it's been around a while, probably as long as maybe The Walking Dead. Um, and it was produced by Vertigo Comics, which is, you think about Disney Plus and how Hulu is the more adult version of Disney Plus. Vertigo is the more adult version of DC Comics. Mm-hmm. That's how that okay. works. Okay. And mm-hmm. so uh, it was really interesting how the story is evolved and how everything is just included and it pretty accurate to the comic book. I'm going to say that right off the top. Pretty loyal to the actual source material. 
Austin, I want to go with you next. Um, what did you think about Sweet Tooth? Have you first? Have you read the comic, or how are you just going in watching the show? I was going in blind. I okay. I, I was familiar with the comic. I, I I knew of the 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 art style and kind of what the feel for it was, but I didn't really know much of the story. It, it actually reminds me. And like nobody's seen this movie. It's a movie called Leave No Trace that came out in 2018 starring Ben Foster, where he keeps his daughter. They live in this forest and keeps his daughter sheltered from the world. And you mm. think it's like this apocalypse. Um, and mild spoiler, it's like 20 minutes in the movie. And then you realize they're just in a forest in this huge city and it's normal. Like everything's normal. He's just keeping his daughter away from civilization. Wow. So that idea, um, now I feel like this movie got it from this comic. But that idea felt very familiar going into this. And then you start getting into that father-son relationship and Will Forte. Will, Will Forte. Forte's the dad. Let me tell you. Dude, I mean, he was amazing. That was I a breakout role. I mean, from he SNL to serious acting. Yes. Yes. What happened there? That was awesome. I want, more, awesome. I want more Will Forte, man. I do too. And I've always seen him as just this hardcore comedian. But man, the, 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 that one tear oh. in, the, in the scene um, right before he gets taken away. Yeah. That was beautiful, man. Yeah, Absolutely dude. beautiful. So then he goes out and and he's kind of exploring the world and he runs into uh, Jepper, Big who, man. who is just an incredible character, right? Yeah. And you think it's going one direction, but all of a sudden, about halfway through the series, it goes in a completely different direction. One thing I love about this show is it keeps you on your toes and it's not predictable. Right. And a lot of kudos goes to the source material, but kudos also goes to the writer of this series and the directors who kind of transferred that and made it so cinematic and visceral. And not only did they use CGI, they used puppets as well. Um, yeah, they yeah. used all kinds of things that, and I love what, I, I believe it was the writer. I think it was the writer. He actually said he sent the script in uh, to one of these, I believe it was a producer or a station, it was sent back to him saying this will never get made and it will never be a successful really? television show. And then mm. Robert Downey Jr. Robert, I knew Robert charge. already, I knew he had a hand in this, yeah. Yes, he's the he's the main guy, he's the executive, the, one of the main producers on it. So he and his wife fund this project. Wow. They send it to Netflix. It trends worldwide for like mm. uh, two weeks and this show's a massive hit. And that, that's kind of the ultimate, like, don't ever, like, follow your dreams, kids. But seriously, don't ever let that kind of rejection stray yeah. you away because they really had something here transferring this comic onto the big screen, man. And I just, I thought Sweet Tooth was one of the most unexpected and wonderful shows of the entire year. And this journey, and this kid, uh, Gus, Gus is, yeah. is, is awesome. I mean, one of the best young actors I, I think remember. He's Christian watching. Cavera or something like that. That, that sounds right. Convery. Yeah, Christian, Conver Convery. Okay. Yeah, he's incredible. I mean, I mean, give this kid all of the. Uh, it's almost like Jacob Tremblay, like this Tremblay. young actor. You yeah. know, oh, you yeah. know who's got it in him. So give this kid all of the roles, and uh, uh, and also, of course, you know the clear idea of fitting in when you know you don't belong, whether it be looks or person. I mean, that idea can go on for ages and resonate with everyone. It almost is the like the Breakfast it, Club when you think about it. It's got some John Hughes, like because John Hughes always deals with characters that don't necessarily feel like they fit in with the world. Um, the world around them rejects them, but then you find your wow. place, right? That idea is I didn't very even plan that either, too. guys. <laughs> yeah, it's very prevalent. That is yeah. awesome. Lindsay Badger, let's hear from the lady. 
Oh my goodness, Sweet Tooth. Okay, so that wasn't even close to being on my radar. Even whenever it came out, I didn't even know what it was, nor did I have interest in it. And Joe was like, you need to watch this. Say. We're watching this. I scheduled an episode. You're watching it. <laughs> you're either watching it or you're not on the show. You're watching it or, or, or we're just doing it without you. And I was Hell like, yeah. okay, okay, you're twisting my arm. I trust every. I trust the tastes of the Burke boys. They Joe know what like they're it. talking about. When it's good, it's good. Um, and they were not wrong again this time. Um, it was a fantastic story. Uh, it kicks you in the feels mm, every mm -hmm. turn of the corner. Uh, there's a little bit of happiness and then it just turns right around and wrecks it. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's just an up yeah. and down. There's way too much reality in this, uh, possibility of the world existing this way, especially with the pandemic thing that we're dealing with right now. And, yes. and that's just you know, the anxiety that already ties relevant all of that. And then you're just yep. like, Oh, well, <laughs> don't let your neighbor know that you're coughing. Holy moly. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, that whole thing. Um, and then the, the kids just trying to be kids in a really wacky world and they don't understand yeah. what's going on. And then having the babies being taken away and the, Oh my gosh, there was just so yeah. many heart wrenching moments that I was just, I had to take a moment and pause through a couple of those episodes toward the end. They just got a little too much dark. Yeah, a little dark. Yeah, a little Worse. dark. Um, one of my favorite characters of the entire series has to be Jep. He is such <laughs> an a wonderful, big-hearted character. With he clearly had to be put in situations he didn't want to be in right. to survive, and you can tell. And he doesn't really dive deep into the dark side of him necessarily but um you can tell that he always wanted to have those good intentions and that he was kind of used for his brute force i think um another character that really shined for me and he didn't have a ton of role moments in this but general abbott which oh, i man. swore up yeah. and down oh, was God. um john malkovich for the longest time i had to look it up <laughs> i swore it was because he has yeah. that same yeah you know, air about him and his yeah, personality and his styling of the way he acts and so oh my gosh he is just a sick twisted person but man was he so good at it yeah you know you know who that is right we we were talking about the flash earlier he played the thinker in the cw flash that, that was right? the thinker that's him yeah he's drastically different in that the look wise he's drastically different but that's, that's the, the same, same actor yeah he range good oh my grief. god that's yeah. a freaking what do they call those roles the guys that really gets into the role um you know what i'm talking uh, about method method, method actor actors or, yeah, method yeah acting. dude he he is just that's a that's ridiculous incredible Lindsay yeah. badger continue i want to hear more i i love how all because we had like three different storylines that we were following at the mm. beginning we had the the gus storyline with mm -hmm. with jep and and bear mm -hmm. and then we had the uh the dr singh and, and Ronnie and his wife in that neighborhood yeah. and his journey. And then we have it kind of circle back around with the uh, the hybrid sanctuary. The zoo. All how those stories kind of merged together and finally came, came to making sense. I'm like, I was really confused with the doctor thing. I was like, okay, where where's the relevance? I understand he yeah, was, he, you see him from the beginning all the way through the end, but there was no relevance until the very end of why mm -hmm. he was there. And it's like, wow. wow. Yeah. And they, they leave the story not necessarily on a cliffhanger, but definitely with some questions to continue it if they wanted to. 
Mm-hmm. Such a great show, and you know it was really, really well done. The cinematography too. I, I feel like I was yes. I was watching something. You ever watch a show or a series, and it feels like it's something that you've never seen? Because you know sometimes we watch a movie and it's like, oh, this is familiar. Yeah, I, <laughs> I see the shot here. I know how they're setting this mm-hmm. up, or I, I see the. Dude, I'm telling you, it was just beautiful. Uh, the, just the what? cinematography of this wasteland after the sick has taken over and, and, and nature has grown back over yeah. some of these structures and, and has reclaimed some of the infrastructures of modern day. I love that. I love that take on it. And they did it not with with any kind of uh, gloom and doom, but with almost a sense of beauty. Uh, yeah. The color palette on this particular series, I, I don't know what you call that, but it was just so pleasing on the eyes. It almost... Is like sepia with a little bit of like hue adjustment. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is or what they did, but it was very nice uh, you know, to, to see that. There was there was one other thing that I really enjoyed that kind of helped do that whole, as you mentioned, the tell it through the child's eyes. Yeah. Viewpoint was there was actually a narrator. There like was. We were listening to a story. But we don't know who that is yet, do we? Well, I know who the actor is, but yeah. I don't. But does this guy does this guy show up in the series at some point? Because obviously Netflix has greenlit this for series two, a uh, season two already, uh, right? Didn't they it go ahead? It would make sense if he showed up. That would be cool. I think they did for two and three, didn't they? Didn't they do three seasons? They've already greenlit it for two more. It, it's not an official green light, but that is the rumor going around: is that there's going to be a two season package, three season, maybe a three season arc. But I have a feeling they could keep going. Yeah, yeah I hope they do. It's too good. It's too good. Yeah. I mean, there's, this, there's this, a lot of questions to answer still. I, I'm gonna be honest with you guys: this could be the next Stranger Thing. I hope it so. could I'm be. I'm down with it. I'm it, down. It with could it. be. I mean, not giving any any taking off the limelight of Stranger Things. I mean. Stranger Things is, I kind of feel, losing a little bit of momentum because they went so Such long getting gap. to season four. Yeah. I mean, come on, guys. What are you doing here? These kids are going to be freaking smoking cigars now to college by the time <laughs> you're done with season four. Get with it. Let's go. Um, but anyway, I digress. Moving on. I do feel, though, something fresh that we've never seen. When Stranger Things dropped originally, I believe it was in 2016 or 2017, first season, dude, I'm telling you, the whole world blew up. It was like yeah. an, an implosion of something so familiar, but yet something we've never seen. Yeah, I kind of feel the same thing with Sweet Tooth. And I don't feel that Sweet Tooth is getting um, as much... Yeah, it is a bold call, mm. but it's actually an accurate call. Because if you've seen the Rotten Tomatoes score, John, you, you're just... I, you you got to say, man, it's a freaking 95% right now rating. Stranger Things, uh, you know, it, it tells a good story, but I kind of feel that season three in a lot of ways was very weak. Uh, it was very. Uh, there's several it's episodes. Still hanging on to a 93 percent on the Rotten. 93 percent on Rotten Tomatoes still. Well, the two weeks it debuted, it was clinging at a 98 percent. So it's it's legit. Yeah. Now is it? Now am I comparing it to Stranger Things and the fame of that? No, but I am saying that it is a. If you're looking for something that is comparable to Stranger Things to start, Sweet Tooth, and if you want to dive deeper. Sweet Tooth actually has a comic origin that you can go back and read where Stranger Things does not. Uh, so you can go in and you can read the story of Gus, and you can yeah. get that on trade paperbacks as well. But is there anything that I'm missing? We didn't talk nitpicks. Um, I, I know that some of the episodes had a little lengthy dialogue, and I understand that there's there's moments you have to set that up and talk about it. Um, but 
am I missing anything? I don't have a ton of complaints. Um, no, I don't either. I don't. I don't, I don't really mean, either. And it's, that's very I'm sure rare. It's not perfect. If I went back and watched it a second time, I could probably find something. But yeah. just from a first watch overall, I think it was really well done. The story was well told. Um, it 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 didn't have a lot of lulling points that dragged mm -hmm. too much. Right. Um, it, it kept moving forward. And I think that was, was nice. And, and the amount of episodes was a nice yeah. number too. It wasn't like too long, but it wasn't super short. So you weren't trying to, you didn't feel like they were cramming things into the episode. Right. It yeah. felt I natural. I felt like it was, it was, um, paced nicely. Paced I guess nicely. I right like term. that. The pacing was good. And surprisingly, like, like you said, Lindsay, dark, like we are yeah. seeing, oh. we're seeing innocence. But you're seeing a form of dark and 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 There's stuff here. That's definitely some darkness. It's like it's it's like skin. Not like thriller darkness because I was kind of concerned about that whenever you warned me about it being a little dark, and I was like, oh god, what are we going into? It's not like slasher yeah. nasty dark. No, but it's definitely has some dark tones to it. So yeah. it's like uh, just testing beware. on 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 kids. For yeah. their blood and and yeah. holding them in captivity like they're animals, that is a little dark. It's gonna well, see. Be I was I was afraid because Downey's production company they did the Doctor Doolittle movie, which sucked, and it was for <laughs> kids, and it sucked. But so I thought yeah. this movie would suck like, or this show would suck like that movie sucked. I keep saying yeah. sucked because it sucked. Don't ever watch it. But this series was not only for kids it's I, I think it's primarily for adults that's what i think it, yeah. it's it's a show that you know you have to be in the right headspace because we're dealing with kind of a pandemic in this show and we just yes, dealt with one are. in real life and i don't know if they planned it i'm not sure when they filmed this um but it's just odd that it all worked out that way but then like you said you have the doctor storyline and that that is a very tragic and adult story so it's Rated you, you TV have 14, so I would say teenage and up would be fine. Absolutely. Yeah, teenagers. But so I was going into it. It's like, oh, sweet tooth. Oh, sweet tooth. It's going to be a kid's show. And, and hopefully it's better. No, 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 no. This is very, a nice balance of teenagers and, and yeah. adults. And I think it's resonating with people across the board. And that's why you're seeing it trending uh, for very, as long as it did. I have a question for both of you guys um, to ponder. Do you feel that this would have as big of an impact if it was released either before or after the pandemic instead of in the middle of it? Well, it, it, it's tough because I don't think a lot of people that watched it knew what it was dealing with. I think a lot of right. people yeah. just thought it was Dear Kid. Yeah, it's they don't. They don't boy. sell it. The, they don't sell it as, oh, this is a pandemic show. Where's the yeah, Dear that's not, Kid? That's not how they marketed Where's it, and I think they boy. did that intentionally. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, and then you dive into it, and you're like, oh, so maybe that's when people are like, oh, okay, we're doing all the pandemic. How's this going to? But then it's so relatable. You just gotta keep watching. I, I think, that's what I love about. I think a lot of the story is definitely, um, you know, transcendent of the times that we're living in. Uh, it's very yes. relevant. But honestly, Lindsay, to answer your question, I kind of feel like this is if, if this was released four years from now or four years ago, I think it would have still had the same impact because it's just done so I well. So I don't yeah. think it's it, you can do a lot of these pandemic style esque post apocalyptic mm -hmm. films or series. Um, I just think it's it's more relevant because we're living through it. I feel but like it has a little, I, like a, the, the emotional attachment, attachment to the emotions has been cranked up to 11 because we're living in the middle of it. It would still be a good if it was five, 10 back 
For yeah. sure. Quality would still be. And even yes. forward, I think it would still have that emotional tie because it would still be kind of yeah. relevant, fresh. Yes. But um, I think if it was it was in the past, it, it would still be good. Yeah. But it, I don't think it would be like Stranger Things good. Yeah, I agree. It's timing. Well, we it's let's let's give our rating of this, and then we're gonna we're gonna talk really quickly on Loki episodes two okay. and three, and then we're gonna wrap things up because we're we're a little bit over time. But uh, okay, Austin Burke, lead the charge. What is your rating on Sweet Tooth? Well, I'll tell you what, I, I've actually upped it because I did watch the second time. Madison watched this show, and I caught pretty much every episode again, and, and it actually stuck with me even more. So I'm going to go on 88%. Nice. That's just a tiny bit. Uh, nice. 88, it's, it's a phenomenal show. Cool. Lindsay? I was going to go with 9.2. I'm a 9.0. Nice. Nice. A 9.0. Yeah. We're very close tonight, guys. Yeah, <laughs> scores are, are very I close. Um, I, I knew coming in I was going to be a 9. Um. Yeah. Just because, I mean, it was good. It touched me. Uh, the mm -hmm. acting, like I said, Will Forte, it was just great. Mm -hmm. It's got everything. And uh, you guys need to see, well, hopefully you're, you've already watched it. If I watching, highly recommend it if you haven't seen it. And but if go you back and watch it again. It, please go finish go it. Go watch it again. Yeah, and if you started halfway through and you've drifted away, come back and finish it. It's worth it. And as you can tell, we didn't give away the spoiler ending, so we're not going to reveal that for you. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, so really quickly, let's talk Loki episodes two and three, and then we want to wrap this thing up. Um, there is a lot of moving parts in yeah. this show, and I just wanted to touch base on specifically on two and three because we did we did open up the can of worms on episode one in the previous episode, but two and three we are seeing Loki kind of start now becoming an ambassador for the TVA. Right. Yes. We're seeing him with the coat and the jacket and he's under Morbius's command and they're going around trying to find this this variant of himself that is causing all this mis mischievousness in the apocalyptic moments of the space time continuum and um, pretty interesting concept. And episode two was great. I feel episode two kind of left us with a little bit of cliffhanger. Then we went into episode three. A little dialogue heavy, I feel, but it did establish a lot of things. And there's a couple of things I want to point out to you that I don't think you may have figured out. Upon my second viewing of episode three today, I am under the impression that we... You remember when um, Sylvie tried to touch Loki's head, Temple, mm -hmm. and tried yeah, to do that? Yeah, couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. I think that Loki, since we are on another planet and he has his full powers, we are in a spell that Loki has cast on her. Interesting. I, I feel Interesting. that. What? I feel yeah. that. Okay. Because if you think about it, so she has the power to create, using a memory that is real and tangible, a, a way of power of presumption, power of suggestion to get an answer, right? So we see the right. opening scene where well, even the opening intro music, I don't know if you heard the music and the lyrics specifically, but it's talking about like, you know, what you see here is is one thing, but on the left hand is another. You're seeing things above, but the things below are different. It's talking, there, the, even the exit music is out of, Hey, did you notice that? The intro music is not the Marvel intro music or the no, Loki. No, it's not. The exit music is not the same as well, and that's purpose, purposefully done. And I feel that Loki is on a vendetta to try to figure out what she is and what her motive is. 
and um, I believe this is his way of maybe casting some kind of spell to try to release that from her. We're on a planet. Mind you, this is an actual planet from the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Um, this is a planet that was destroyed after, um, I believe, is under Kree, and once the Kree fell, um, is now just a random mine planet that is getting ready to be decimated by this moon ready to collide mm. with it. But, um, yeah, it, a lot of stuff, and I, you kind of feel like there's a love connection between Sylvie and Loki. A little Loki. bit. There's a little Can Loki be there, in love yeah. with himself? I don't know. Is Sylvie... I think it's the only person he could be in love with. It, yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, that, that's probably a <laughs> metaphor right there within itself. Um, but it was really, I, yeah, I have to agree with you, John. Uh, Bar, I did miss Owen Wilson exclusively in this episode. Wow. It was just, wow. Um, See... That's the thing for me, though, is I am not entirely sure if she is a variant of Loki because Sylvie is the enchantress in the comics, and that's an entirely different character than Lady Loki. So I don't know if they're combining both of those characters. I think they are. One. I think they're combining the, the methodology of Lady Loki and Sylvie mm -hmm. into and one Sylvie. character. Okay. And I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I'm... If I, I, someone's lying somewhere, and we know the TVA's lying, right? But they may, I feel like there's either going to be a reveal down the road that she is just the enchantress all along, yeah. Agatha all along, or, <laughs> or they have what you said, Joe, combined the lore of enchantress and Lady Loki and kind of done a little amalgamation. Well the, of the two here's the problem all right i'm gonna let me get let me let me get some comic nerdness on you the tva and the comic books were exposed as a as a ruse right mm -hmm. i don't know if you know this or not but the tva is a bunch of bull crap yes oh, we were discussing everybody that that, that that works in the tva is a variant themselves mm -hmm. that their minds have been wiped to become a basically a robot to do the will of the three lizards um, that the are controlling yeah, the space lizards uh, that are controlling the, the, the flow of time. And yes. uh, in all actuality, when we scale it back and you go back and read the comics, uh, Kang the Conqueror was the guy mm -hmm. who masterminded all of this crazy plot. And he has, I think, I think there's going to be some crazy reveals coming up in episode four and five that's going to create an insane well, culmination. Yeah. King's already been cast. I mean, oh, he's yeah. been cast for the Ant-Man movie. So, I, I mean, this could easily be his first appearance. It could well, be. At the, at the end of the most recent episode, three, I believe, is what we're on, right? right yes, now? three. Yes. Okay, three. Um, There was a comment made about the whole, you, well, you know that, you know, he's a variant or whatever along the line, the, the Enchantress, Sylvie, oh, yeah. whatever we're calling yeah. her, references the fact that the TVA is fake. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that everybody there is a variant. And yes. so funny little little bet that my husband and I have have created is we all want Owen Wilson to say wow. Yes. <laughs> okay. So it's either going to happen when he finds out that he's a variant and mm -hmm. he gets to go back to the 90s in which he came from. Yeah. But I'm betting that he's going to go back to the 90s. And he's gonna get that sea dew and get on it. That's go, my. Wow. That, that's my. <laughs> wow. see, you okay, know so it's gonna be the last. Do you want thing. me to spoil your bet? Do you want me to spoil your bet? Oh, please do. Okay, it's been confirmed. He's not gonna say wow. 
It's Ugh. confirmed by the director. Yes. Okay. No, so that's confirmed. It can't happen. But it has to I'm happen. with you. I'm with you on the studio thing. I, I think you don't mention something like that unless no. that has to do with who you they are. They make so, so I think, many references to where he yes. came from, and they're yes. making the references that that whole thing is fake. Well, He's got to go see, somewhere. People were Die. saying, they were like, well, well, Mobius lied to Loki. You know, Mobius said that they all lived here and they've been born. Mobius was convinced of that. Yeah, he doesn't that's all know. He, knows. he didn't He's lie to Loki. brainwashed or, you he, know, there's all sorts yeah. of spell, spell tastic. Yeah. Well, if you notice on his mantle, you know, in episode two, when he goes into, um, I don't know what that judge's name is. The I judge's keep, office. Yeah, the judge's uh, office. Cesar C20? Cesar. No, that's, no. is that her name? I Revolve. can't remember. Uh, she's the one that judges in front of the three faces. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. I suck at those. Anyway, so I have the Google list here in his office, in actual Mobius's office on his mantle is a San Diego snow globe. (laughs) And so it ties in together that Mobius probably was from San Diego and he probably did something really fun on the bay with CD watercrafts. I'm Uh, telling you right now, it's all leading back to he's going to go back to his timeline and he's going to do some CD action. Yeah. I sad. But we leave episode three. The planet is literally moments away from total yeah. devastation. And the, the PDA device that Loki is holding evidently is low dies. on battery. And they can't open up a door to escape the planet like they have usually been able to do. Now, mm-hmm. the question is, is Loki leaving the PDA in this whole environment? Is, is he masterminded this entire situation and made the PDA look like it's low on battery to trick Sylvie to try to make her get to a point and a threshold to where he can actually understand what she's up to and what she's going to do. That's the question. Is all of this a a mirror? Uh, Much like she created a mirror to get the information about the TVA in the opening scene of Episode 3, is he doing the same to her? But we have, as the audience, been revealed to that yet. Interesting take. Something to think about. I could be a thousand percent wrong on that. I don't know, but well, you could. But but this episode, I feel like it needs something. Like there, there were some Wandavision episodes that didn't really, you know, resonate until you got to the next episode and right. you realize, oh, that's what was happening. So yeah, because this episode it was very dialogue heavy and a little bit of it was filler. So if we get like a little twist on it, then I'll be like, well, that's why episode three yeah. was episode three. So I, it'll I make feel it like better. it's very yeah. much a, a aligning for a big plot point that's coming up yeah. and, and that it'll all make sense mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be shocked. You know, Marvel has a way of doing this. And, you know, of course, the, the fan base runs wild. You know, we're thinking Kang the Conqueror and the Watchers and, and all of this. It's Mephisto. Okay. He's and, a space and lizard. You're thinking about all this crazy stuff. What if the enemy is <laughs> him? He is is his own enemy. (laughs) Oh, well, 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 let me say Richard E. Grant, who's a big time star, was the villain in Logan. He was the older gentleman that came in at the end of Logan. Um, He has been cast in Loki and has not made an appearance. And he's a big time star. I think he's an older Loki, a variant. And he is the mastermind villain, uh, Loki at an older age. That's what I think. Because you don't cast Richard E. Grant and not make a big deal out of it. The guy's a huge star. So that's what wow. I think. So he's been wow. cast out on Loki, but he, we're halfway through the series and he's not even shown up yet. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. 
you know, it's it's crazy, and we're going to keep unpacking this in, t- in the weeks ahead. Uh, yes, when we there's, come back there's and way do... too much to formulate a, a final destination for this exactly. series. There's way too many questions. When we come back and do the next episode on episode 126, which will be Black Widow by, you, by the means, we'll be talking four and five. And so the plan is on Pop X, by the time we hit episode 127, we're going to do a full series review on Loki. We're going to tie, we're going to, you know, tie all the dots together. We're going to line everything up. We're going to spoil it for you, get it out there, and we're going to be ready for the next movies coming out. Shang-Chi, Multiverse of Mayhem, Spider-Man 3, all this crazy stuff. How is this going to line up? We're going to talk about it for sure. But uh, so far, I am, I am, I, I think Loki is a slow burn. Yes, it it's is. a slow burn of a show, and um, and that's a good thing. It's something we've not seen in the MCU before, and I'm, I'm kind of happy about that. I like how they were explaining um, how she explained how she did the mind control when she went into the agent's brain and yeah. tapped into a, a, a memory. previous memory, and it was them at a bar, or some tiki something or another, and that was like the whole big reveal that everybody was a variant. Yeah, mm-hmm. everybody except a for Loki because there was no. Thing I couldn't yeah, agree more for her to tap into. Well, listen, guys, crazy jam packed show. We're 20 minutes over time. You know what? We don't care. We're actually having yeah, a blast we're talking having about fun. it. Yeah. But uh, it has been a stellar show, and you guys have been a huge part. You know, I've been watching the chat room over here lighting up from nonstop. It's been awesome. And so you guys have been rock stars all night. Yes, you have. Yeah. You shout out again to Jeremy uh, Stoltz for hanging out with us over on the Haps fam and just listening to us while he's doing his amazing artwork. Um, but uh, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, of course, we're not going to rate Loki right now. We're going to wait till the series is over. That way we Stay can tuned. have our full rendition of it. But with all that said, I think at uh, tonight's show was pretty jam-packed. What do you say, team? Oh, it's awesome. It's awesome. Austin, lead us out, my friend. All right, you guys can find me, uh, Austin Burke, at The Burkinator on YouTube, Letterboxd, Twitter, Instagram, all those crazy things. We are part mm. of the newly formed creative group known as the creative multiverse for more great media content artwork and more find us on facebook twitter instagram at the creative multiverse if you are a creative produce content or have a talent you would like to see it and would like for you guys to share it with us in the multiverse awesome if you guys want to connect with me i am Lindsay badger at lr badger everywhere on the social media if you want to connect with my art it is all at badger makes Mm-hmm. And also, PopXCast is everywhere. You can connect with us at the handle at PopXCast. You can send comments and suggestions to us via email as well at PopXCast at gmail.com. And for future in-pass shows, make sure you visit our official website, www.popxcast.com. Indeed. And I want to give some quick shout-outs right Briefly here, if I may, I want to say hello sure. to Miss Michelle Alexander. We got Luke McCracken. What's up, Luke? All the way up in Canada. We got John Parfenbarger, Mike, and we have Devereaux Watson. He's driving all the way back from L.A. and he's wow. to San Diego, and he's listening to us on his drive. Nice. That's pretty gnarly. So wow. we we love you, Dev. He's also a part of the Creative Multiverse as well. He hangs out That's with right. us on cam and and edits his pictures and photography work. So. All right, guys, listen, I'm going to drop the link one more time in the chat room for tonight's. um, We're going to be over here live. It's uh, about 40 minutes from now, 11 p.m. Eastern. Uh, If you guys want to join us, you're more than welcome to. It's free to sign up on this platform. Uh, You don't need to worry about any money. You just create an account and you show up and we can come and hang out and you can hang out with the PopX crew as we draw and do some fun stuff. 
But I am Joseph Burke, a.k.a. at Joseph Burke Arts, all over the web. Literally, I got one username. You can find me on multiple platforms at Joseph Burke Arts. Of course, hats off to amazing Team PopX. Couldn't do this without you guys. I love you guys. You guys are amazing. And uh, that's it for this episode of PopX Cast. We'll, we'll see you next time on episode 126. And we will be discussing Black Widow. And can you guess what the retro rewind is going to be for that one? It's time that we just in time because the new movie is coming out next spring. Or and so I was like, you know what? We need to do this movie and have it already under the belt before that movie comes out. So we will be talking Ghostbusters. Oh my gosh. The Reitmans come forth. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Let's go. But uh, you guys have an amazing night, Austin. I am going to give you a break because I know you've been moving. I know I, I'm going to give you a break this episode. He's gotten his cardio this week. Uh, he's he's been he's been tugging boxes and, and packing things and painting walls and putting down floor and hammering nails. And he's been doing a lot. So you're going oh, to get a lot of tugging. Let me tell you. On the on the boxes. Okay. Okay. You sure? Move on. Okay. Moving on. All right, guys. (laughs) We are done. That is it for this episode. Austin, no more. You don't get a dance this weekend. So I'm going to give you a rest. I'm going to let you rest. I'm going to let you rest. Wait till next time. You deserve it. You deserve a rest. Everybody deserves a rest. But with all that said, take care, guys. We out. Bye, everybody. From everyone at PopXCast. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel and click that notification bell so you know when we go live next. Drop us an email, popxcast at gmail.com. Throw us up a like on Instagram and all those other social media outlets. At PopXCast. Until next time.